You are listening to Talking About Tracy Chapman, the Tracy Chapman Fan Podcast. And today's episode is a special 20th anniversary episode of the release of the Let It Rain album. I cannot believe it's been 20 years since this album was released. Time absolutely flies. Today we are talking to Butch Norton. Butch has had an incredible career spanning decades at this stage. He's one of the nicest guys, and I'm so glad we got to have this conversation. So let's get into it. Before we start, I just want to go back to when I was 12. It was when Let It Rain was released. At the time, I had this little TV with a VHS recorder in the right. in my bedroom, and I was flicking through the terrestrial channels. In those days, we only had five, and mm-hmm. I caught the last two songs of Tracy Chapman's Later with Jules Holland set. Yes. Yeah, if I don't know if you can remember that far back, but I remember your cowboy hat in the background. So that performance was my first experience of Tracy's alive performance. Oh, wow. And it right, really, right, right. And it really made that Im- impression. So, you know, do you remember that that performance? We were doing the promo, TV promo at that time. That's right. We flew in. This was uh, right after rehearsals in San Francisco at the record plant. And this yeah. was coming in doing uh, the the uh, record company promo stuff. So we did Jules Holland. We did, uh, didn't we do, I think we, yeah, we did a thing in Germany, a TV, which is, I think is on YouTube also. We did uh, a small set and we did a cover of, uh, we did the Bob Marley song, which yes. actually made it on a live record from that promo tour. Yes, that was the deluxe edition, I think, the tour edition. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. So that was, so all of this, the Jules Holland, the first thing that you saw, that was from the first promo tour. And then we came home for four or five weeks before we started the proper tour. Right, right. And that tour was the European tour, I think, was in the early 2003. Yes. Uh, yes. For, for nearly two whole months, right? Yes, 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 and yes, it was glorious. She traveled, uh, she traveled very nice. We were very well taken care of, you know, every night, every show pretty much sold out from what I remember. And, uh, my time with Tracy, she was, uh, consummate professional, as you can expect, meticulous. And, uh, every night she was perfect. Been to a few concerts since. So I went to the Where You Live tour and the, um, the Albright Future Tour, and I can attest to to the you know the immaculate professionalism. I think you know every night you get a slightly different experience as well. I think is really unique from yes. from an artist's perspective. You talked a little in a previous interview about um, three hour sound checks. I was wondering <laughs> if you could... <laughs> does that follow you everywhere? Oh yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a source for a musician. It's a source of discussion amongst all of us all the time of because because I work with an artist now I've been with 15 years with Lucinda Williams wow. and she she does not do a sound check she does not we do not rehearse with her we go on stage every night and it's boom like that yeah. and and then and then there's the opposite of that which is Tracy which which I appreciated you know, this is how she operates and this is, you know, how she knows what to do. We, we, yeah, sound checks were about three hours and she would go out to the front of house with the front of house engineer and she would have us play and she would basically tune 
the room or the stadium or the theater, wherever we were playing with the front of house engineer, because she has such, as we say in musical musicians terms, she has such big ears yeah. right? she can hear everything. And she, she knows what she's talking about. I mean, one of my famous stories being the drummer with her is when, when we first started playing fast car mm-hmm. and um, we did a, a couple couple shows or a couple rehearsals and at one of the sound checks like she would do with everybody she said to me hey butch play what you played last night on fast car and so i'd go okay and i played the part and she goes yeah your your uh your side stick on the snare there it, the, the pitch is too high can you lower the pitch move the stick up and then she said and you're you're the bass drum beater, you're coming off the head, right? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, yeah, keep it on the head so it kind of deadens it. And come up on the tip of the stick on the height. Uh, so she like, she could hear all the nuance, which yeah. was amazing. And she was able to give you directions. Whereas the artist I work with now, Lucinda, God bless her, love her. Yeah. She, if, if, you know, she'll say, Something's wrong. <laughs> what's wrong, Butch? What's wrong with the song? And I go, I don't know, Lou. What's wrong with the song? What, what's, what's wrong? I, you know, I don't know, but what? Something I'm not here. <laughs> Are we all playing the same parts? What? She knows instinctively, but she does not know how to communicate that. Right. Whereas Tracy could could meticulously communicate everything. And that's why we did three hour sound checks with her because she could hear. And if she heard one little thing that didn't fit right, boy, she could get right in there and fix it. And it was laborious, but Mm -hmm. it fulfilled a means to an end. And every night because of of those sound checks, the shows were perfection. And Tracy was amazing. Yeah. You, I mean, I guess there's one of two types of people, right? There's even people who love, love that artistry and then really lean into it as a as a touring musician or there's people who think I'm not being paid enough <laughs> so um it's great to hear that you were um you know you, you really appreciated that yes as uh, others in the band did not appreciate that and it's a funny thing uh, Doug Pettibone who plays with us in Lucinda also played with Tracy on a tour or two before I okay. was there so so we we both have stories back and forth, and of course David Sutton, who uh, was on that tour playing bass, he's been with me fifteen years with Lucinda. Oh wow! Yeah, it's a small world. It is a very small world, and uh, and Kiki Epson, I went to college with yes. up in Cal Arts forever, good friend of ours. And Paul Bryan, it's a small world in our world. Yeah, is that the? American music scene in general, or is it specifically Californian? No, no, the, the Americana, Americana genre, uh, it's it's blossomed into quite a quite a genre these days, and and it's not just Cal, it's Nashville, California, New York, Austin, yeah, uh, yeah, with Brandy Carlisle and who's the oh, Jason Isbell now is is exploding and. Uh, Right. Lucinda was one of the first in that in this genre with uh, Steve Earle and this whole world. Yeah, do you know I had never heard of Lucinda, um, but looking her up um, before this conversation, she's absolutely huge. I mean, um, very very accomplished over decades now. I guess I didn't say that up front, but you can probably tell by the accent that I'm um, based in the UK, out in Manchester. 
Manchester, yes, yes. We're coming through your neck of the woods in January. Um, you might not be aware of it, but Lucinda's huge in the UK. Okay. We yeah. sell out. Yeah, with her European fan base, we're just, you know, we were supposed to go out right before the pandemic. Okay. And so now we're coming we're coming back to fulfill these dates in uh, Italy, France, Germany, and the UK. Uh, every time we've been, it's been crazy. And then Australia is huge for Lucinda. So even in the United States, it's you you either know about it or you or you don't. Yeah, hundred percent. That was going to be one of my questions. When are you visiting the UK again? So it's really nice to hear. You know, one thing I will say, just um, on the small small world thing, I saw that Rufus Wainwright is someone you um, collaborated with a few times, and the last person I actually spoke to is a guy called Tim Highland, and he. Uh, did the artwork for Tracy's Telling Stories album, and and they've collaborated um, a few times as well. So yeah, it's um, it's it's great to hear these connections. Um, so you know, from the touring outside of the the soundtracks, um, what are any highlights for you? The highlights uh, definitely. Uh, the, Jules Holland was a big highlight. I've I've always loved doing his show. I, I had done it a, a few times before, and I've done it once or twice after. Um, one of the highlights when we were in France, we hit all the major cities and we finished, I forget, I can't remember, maybe it was Bordeaux or we finished the last city we did in France, the promoter, huge Tracy fan, of course, yeah. uh, shut, shut down this villa and brought in a chef and the band and Tracy and I and the manager uh, they treated us to a like a you know a Michelin twenty thirty star meal that, that they made just for Tracy oh, in wow. this villa in France, which was astonishing. So that <laughs> I remember uh, distinctly. Um, oh, and then the the last I very much remember, which I'm sure you've seen, is the last performance we did was for Austin City Limits. Yes, that I remember very distinctly. That was a very big deal, and and that was we pulled into Austin, and that was the last show. No, we did also some limits, and then we did that one outdoor show in this in this like at this ranch. Okay, uh, and we we have a picture of all of us end of the tour uh, with Tracy out in this ranch. It was uh, great, but I re definitely remember the Austin City Limits. That, that was a very big deal for Tracy. Yeah. That was, you know, again, flawless. I mean, it first hit my ears via bootleg and I know that <laughs> I shouldn't really say that out, maybe out loud, but, um... Oh no, you should definitely <laughs> fucking say that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we're all, come on. It we was, all we all have those things. Yeah. It was great those days, you know. There was no um, access to any of the um, YouTube or, or anything like that the, at the time, so you had to physically, you know, find like branded right. fans online and and sh trade your what you had, what they had. It was a great, it was a great time. Um, right. I've just recently bought a CDR drive to digitize it all again actually for my own sort of um you know archive because um right i, I they've been in my car for maybe 15 years and they're slowly slowly losing quality so um, right, right. <laughs> yeah i'm sure you have those examples for other musicians too oh yes 
but absolutely flawless. How did you find, how did you feel performing Fast Car? Or even the, you know, talking about Revolution, these songs, did you did you feel like you had to be true to the original? That, or were you, you know, encouraged to put your own slant in it? How did it feel to perform something which is so ingrained in in pop culture? Well, the the directive for this tour was... Uh, which was directed directly from Tracy was to we're playing the parts. I mean, this was the Let It Rain tour was, uh, from my understanding, all the information that or the uh, what I understood is that she put this record out, and and this was really the record company wanting her to do a greatest hits kind of tour, which I don't think Tracy did not really want to do. She was, she was kind of, uh, what I understood is that, you know, she was doing this for the record company and she only had like another record to do for the record company. She wanted to get the hell away from the record company, which is what everybody was starting to do at this time, 2002, 2003 to start their own, to be independent from the record companies and have her own label and do the records the way she wanted to. The next record she did after let it rain and the next tour was really what I believe she wanted to do during the let it rain tour she wanted to do a more bluesy stripped down thing and i i I, i'm pretty sure the record company convinced her and and she went along and and did like they kind of asked her to do with the full band to recreate the songs kind of pretty close faithfully to the record so which is not what she really wanted to do but she did it and so Yes, everything I played was I meticulously learned those parts and tried to be as faithful as possible. Uh, there was not much deviation from that, which was fine. Yeah, I think that's you, you've hit the nail on the head there. The Where You Live um, album, I think, was recorded like in, so, in her own space somewhere in San Francisco. And it's yeah. very, it is almost jazz in its sort of approach well it was it was so amazing that, that let it rain album was just i mean all her albums are amazing and this you could see the turn to the more alternative not so much bluesy i mean there's bluesy and there's the guy you get the the tastes of the things and you i could see where she's going and that she wants to get away from the pop rock thing and she wants you know she was following her muse at that time and which is which i i mean that record and the experimental sound that they did that she wasn't doing before that right yeah that's really interesting insight um it makes a lot of sense when you kind of understand how she works as an artist i just thought i'd talk about you know broader than than tracy what's been your career highlight you because you've done some amazing things the eels it sounded like that was a real movement at the time and a real yes. piece of musical history um since you've been working with lucinda who on her own right is a, is a legend what's been the highlight for you outside of the tracy um work of your career so far well each artist that i've worked with i've been very blessed and, and grateful to work with quote-unquote artists and and uh, each one there's been monumental point in my career i'm 64 years old i've been playing drums since i was six years old 
Incredible. And uh, I've been stubborn and uh, never given up. And, and so I, I, whatever I had to do, and finally in the, uh, you know, I got married in the mid eighties and yeah. tried to figure out how can I be a recording touring drummer? How do you do this? I was, you know, back in the seventies and eighties, the way we all did, we all played bars, which was a great yeah. way to cut our teeth and learn how to play music. But then like a lot of friends, you, they get, they get stuck there. How do you get out of that? So in Los Angeles in 85, I quit all the day jobs I had and, and just said, I'm going to play original music. And from that going on hundreds of auditions yeah. slowly in the universe of musicians, I started meeting people that were like-minded and then that led to this and that. I worked the first gig. I, the first kind of real situation was with these, this duo Lowen and Navarro. They had just had a record come out right. and there they, they springboarded their career because they had just written the Grammy-winning biggest song of all time, We Belong, for Pat Benatar. Okay, wow. And, and so because of that song that they wrote, that Pat Benatar took and put on her record at the last minute, they were able to finance and get a little record deal on Chameleon Records, and I their first uh, uh, record, Walking on a Wire, we got in a van, literally five guys in a little van and traveled around it. From that springboarded my... I quit that, and my friend Tad, who was the bass player of Lone and Navarro, got the gig with Cheryl Crow, yeah. and I met this guy E months later, and then we started practicing in my garage, and then uh, there was a feeding frenzy over the Beautiful Freak record. We were the first band signed to DreamWorks Records, Oh yeah, and amazing things happened through that. Elton John got to meet him. He invited us to the Hollywood Bowl. They wanted to sign us for the record deal. Uh, Gary Gersh at Capitol Records, blah, blah, blah. And that, that took off. And then after five records, uh, it was time to move on. And that's when I met Rufus Wainwright and uh, auditioned and got the Poses tour and went back in and recorded the California song for the Poses record, toured with wow. him for two years. And then the Tracy Chapman came along uh, after I was wondering what the hell was going to happen and audition for Tracy with Andy and Tracy in a little rehearsal room. That's how, that was my audition. Yeah. And it was, it was an amazing audition. I was, I was in starstruck. I didn't think I got the gig and uh, got the call that I got in the gig, which was amazing. Uh, and, and then showing up at the airport, not knowing who is in the band. And there, there's my bass player, buddy, David, who I'd known for 20 years. And then Rock Dedrick, percussionist yeah. buddy yeah. shows up at the airport. And I'm like, am I playing drums or am I playing <laughs> percussion? Who's playing drums? Percussion? We all chuckled and it was just an amazing time from there. And then, uh, that ended and now Lucinda, I started in 2006 with Lucinda oh, and, wow. uh, that has been a phenomenal run with the Grammy winning artist and That's a traveling all over the world is so there's, there's many points from everything. It's been amazing. Yeah. EG era is, is incredible. In it's own right. Yes. Yeah. It's really nice to um, be able to, you know, have a chat with someone so esteemed. So thank you for taking the time out to, to do that. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no, no worries. I'll I'll send you an invoice, and you just send me as uh, euros, and we'll be all good. <laughs> yes. Well, the pounds were nothing at the moment, so. Oh uh, yeah, but you're gonna share yeah, those pounds are gonna shoot right back up. So yeah, just send me all your pounds. Okay. I'll be fine. Yeah. yeah.
No, the last, 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 last thing then. Um, so in 2016, I had the opportunity to to ask Tracy, you know, after so many years in the industry and after such an accomplished greatest hit, what, what is next for Tracy Chapman and what would you like to achieve in the future? And she said, I love making music and the plan is to keep doing what I'm doing. There are many questions about a new studio record and new tour. At this time, there are no plans for either, but if that changes, I'll let you know. With that in mind, and with what you mentioned about the changing of the music industry and um, Tracy's quest for self-fulfillment and self-direction, do you think she will ever return to, to music in the traditional sense? Oh, yes. Yeah. She will, she will perform and do music the way she wants to do it, the way she envisions it, and the way that she's going to set it up. So it's going to be on her terms and uh, no one is going to make her do it. That's, that's the thing. And that's how it should be. And uh, it'll be, it'll be of course amazing when the next time she does that. Perfect. Well, thank you again so much for your time and um, we'll leave it. We'll leave it there. Beautiful. Thanks. Have a good day. You too. Thanks. Bye.